Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is December 14th, 2020. Monday meetings are a chance for motion to designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, hear presentations and interact with industry leading artists on an equal playing field. Your host today is me, Mark Stenozia. Uh Liam might be popping in here shortly as well, but I think he's on a call. Um, for those joining today if you have a question you can use the raise your hand question uh, function in the participants button uh or you could just type question in the chat and we'll uh we'll field that uh with all the other banter that's going on in there so that's essentially raising your hands uh as usual this call will be recorded if you have any concerns about something that was said on the call let us know and we can edit it out of the uh, recording that we post. So um, with that being said, uh, just a few quick items. Uh, one, this past Thursday, we had uh, the Camp MoGraph fireside chat reunion with Aaron Sarofsky, uh, Barton Damer, and Ryan Summers. Um, the stream was actually really good. There was quite a few people that popped on and joined and asked questions and um, some really good discussions came out of that uh, reunion. Um, so the uh, the recording is up on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com slash MoGraph, uh, there is a, uh, I think one of the first videos is the recorded stream. And I think Dave and Matt will be releasing the audio uh, portion of that relatively soon in the next week or so um, as well. But overall, super good chat. Talked a lot about how like, you know, shops their size uh, managed through COVID and how kind of the, the world has changed a bit um, and how it may never really go back to how it was. So um, some really good stuff in that, uh, give it a listen. Um, and other than that, we're pretty much, here for an open discussion this week. Um, I wanted to throw out the, uh, the topic that Damon had suggested in the Slack channel and Damon's actually on today. So I'm gonna throw it over to you to kind of dive in a little bit on the topic that you suggested and um, you know maybe give us a little uh, backstory or, or whatever of what made you think of that topic. Um, but yeah, have at it, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, um, basically, I just finished a job. Um, it was a pretty big, high-profile job. Um, I was had no idea, actually, so much into it. But basically, what ended up happening is I'd worked with, I was a subcontractor with the studio, um, and I'd worked with them before in another job. And I'd learned quickly from them. They didn't really get back to emails very quickly, but I took it as, fine, I'll just keep working. And then when they get back to me, hopefully I have what they need done. And that worked out that time in that job. They were, it, it made me look good to them because they could rely on me just to work without them having to, you know, check up on me every five minutes. Well, a lot of that happened this time. Um, I got a couple of things I was working on and I updated them frequently, but I didn't always get updates back from them. And then towards the end of the job, things got very hectic because I was, if anybody saw on the slide train, I was having a lot of hardware issues um, during this job. And then I got down to the wire where they had approved, like a week or two ago, where they'd approved a couple of things and um, so I started working on it diligently to get it done because it's obviously a deadline. And then even pretty much the day of what it was, I was working on it until almost two hours before the launch and they didn't even use any of it. Like they were very adamant on certain things. So basically what I, what I, what I was saying is like in the middle of a job like this, especially as a subcontractor where what you do will affect the person contracting you in the studio, how do you course correct in the middle of that when really you don't have any decision making ability like if you can see things kind of halfway through going okay i can see this is going to go this direction maybe can i guide it this way like in what way how do you handle something like that hmm uh i'm going to open it up to anyone who might have thoughts on this um get everyone involved today uh, does anyone want to jump in or jump on or has any, I should say this, has anyone experienced this as well? And maybe you're in the same boat as Damon don't really know how to handle it. Partially. 
Um, however, the uh, this project in particular, it it ended up being a a bit of just kind of accepting that I had little control <laughs> over things and I could only nudge things so far. And at a certain point, it's kind of you know, you can you can do what you can do, kind of thing. Um, this particular client had uh, wasn't happy with everything that I was that I was showing, and they never used any of it uh, for anything. I just don't know if there was anything I could have done to course correct that because um, I mean, there it depends on where 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 what the I guess what the bottleneck is or what the issue is. Is that is it something that's that's because of you or something because of the client communication with the client. Uh, I sometimes there are, you know, their clients are just, there's, there's really nothing you can do. They're just going to be unhappy with whatever you sent them. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, the, communication, I guess will be the best thing, but again, what, what do you say to try to change things? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. In this case though, um, a lot of what it was, like I said, with the, with the studio I was working with, they're kind of funky on communication, which is, I, I, I learned to deal with that with them. So it's like the second job I've been on with them. But what I found out was, is basically what had happened is I had sent, like weeks ago, I had sent a test render of a concept I came up with for something and didn't hear anything. It was radio silent. And then all of a sudden last week, literally a week ago, they were like, oh, they really like that look. They want, they want to go with that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I started, you know, going headlong into it. And then there was another part of it that I'd worked on it. Again, they never gave feedback. They, and all of a sudden they're like, well, what happened to this? And I'm like, oh, okay. What initially it started is because I, I really busted buns getting a lot of this stuff done by my first call with my client, the studio. And they loved everything I did. They, they loved everything. It was great. And then it wasn't finally, I guess the client got back to them. And then they had another meeting like, yeah, well, they're not going to use this. They're not going to use this. They're not going to use this. And at that point, like, I almost fell on the floor because I'd really, I'd spent literally 18 hour days for two weeks straight getting all this stuff done and rendered, like finished, ready to go out the door. Um, and then when it came time to work on this particular spot, I was like, well, what, what's going on here? I thought that they wanted, you know, they, they wanted me to work on it. And I was like, and I've sent updates since that first thing. And they're like, they must not have even looked at it. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, they said they were working on sound design for this thing for like the last week and a half. And I'm like, Oh, okay. In my opinion, the sound design honestly could have been done in an afternoon. It wasn't like anything insane, but, and I, and I definitely communicate with my guys going, well, okay, what's the deal here? And what it ended up coming down to is there was two different departments working on this because there was one setup where it was like a main screen for something. And there's another setup where it was like three screens stacked. So depending on which spot I was working on, I had to animate certain things a certain way. And apparently nobody communicated with anybody. So they wanted one thing for one thing, but originally they asked for it for this other thing. So I had to course correct in the middle of that and fix that. And it got really frustrating. It got really, really stressful towards the end because I was trying to obviously do the best I could without losing my cool with anybody. Um, you know, and I, like I said, my goal was obviously to not make my, my client look bad to their client because I want to keep working with these guys. My communication works, but at a point like, because like you, you were like you were saying, kind of like I didn't really have a lot of control in the end of anything. I just worked with the guys who love everything that I did. But I, it it was just it was completely just a cluster. You know what? Like I, I couldn't believe that this even went down. And I had a contract like this last year where I ended up on an I think I talked about it too. I ended up on an eight hour Webex with the end user, and I was a subcontractor, and it was insane because last minute a, a whole different CD came in, and then just changed everything I'd been working like three months on. And like I said, they had, and they went to a lunch break while they're having me work on stuff, literally eight hours in one day on one WebEx call. And I just like, I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, I, again, I don't want to offend people. I don't want to go nuts. And I'm not the most gracious person when I talk sometimes. So of course I don't, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out how to avoid this, I guess, um, in the future. Yeah, Jeff, I agree. Um, I think that was definitely an issue and I want to address that with them potentially for our next idea they come at me where I'm going to say, listen, you guys are in California. So I'm going to work the hours you work because it seems like I would work all night. I'd be done. And then, in, you know, I go take a nap at like two in the afternoon because I haven't slept and you guys, Oh, we need this in a couple, two hours. So it was definitely a communication issue, but again, I just didn't know if there was maybe a particular way that you guys have, I guess, worded something to a client going, Hey, listen, you know, cause again, I'm, I'm just not a very eloquent speaker. I kind of just say exactly what I'm thinking. I don't have that filter. 
that you're supposed to have in business sometimes. I would say I, a couple clarifying questions and I see James has his hand up. Um, were you, are you hired just like as an artist on this project or are you Correct. hired like, okay. So I would say this first and foremost, and maybe this sounds like, uh, I don't know, shitty, but like you did too much work. <laughs> like, oh, I did. Too Essentially fast. what the, you know what I, I mean? gotten done in the first week on the project, literally the amount of, of work that I did for them that they actually use for this could have been done in a week. I would have been done in basically a day, honestly, with the, what they ended up using. It was insane. But it, it almost, and to your work ethic and whatnot, like you pulled some long days and you you went kind of what seems like above and beyond what they're expecting. So uh, depending on what got used and what didn't get used, like I, I don't want to sound negative, but it's kind of like if they didn't use all the extra shit and all the extra time you put into it like it's not really their fault like i mean i've i've no, worked yeah. you know if you think about like a documentary or something you know you shoot for fucking three months and then you know 90 minutes gets used or you know what i mean like so it's i i think there's something to unpack there but i want to i want to get james's take on on things too after uh after you just described things so go ahead james yeah um you know, I, I think this is one of those situations where, like, Mark, you already hit on most of it, where it's like, it's a personal boundary thing, where I think, you know, it, it's tough, like, when it's a new client that you're working with, because you don't want, or you don't know the output, the right amount of output, and the way that things are going to course correct, but I think what happens is nobody is ever going to look out for you, and if you're ever feeling like, you have bad feelings about the project and how it's unfolding. I think the only, the best thing you can do is like learn how to vocalize what those pressure points are for you and also vocalize to the studio. Hey, look, like I'm doing a day rate with you for eight hours, 10 hours. This is what I can get done within that time. If you ask for changes or things where I need to render and do extra long hours, then it's going to be, you know, overtime or it's going to be done the next day. And I think when you're clearer about, like, I've gotten in situations where, like, say a, a project, like, from the summer where I was, like, kind of doing a CG lead on it and there was a lot of heavy 3D renders where I was using my own box and, you know, my own uh, render time. And I basically, when changes came that I thought were going, if we were doing a posting the next day, I would just be very vocal about it. Like, look, hey, I rendered this shot last night. It took six hours. So if you want three of these shots, it's going to take X amount of time. And that's either time that I'm not on the box and I'm rendering or I'm rendering it overnight or we pay a GPU farm or a render farm to get it done. So I think you kind of have to build in these things to protect yourself because nobody is ever going to protect you. Like if you're giving output, and you're, it's a lot of like stuff that they're getting back from you in between note rounds, then you're setting the bar for yourself as like, that's the output that you can give and how quick you can turn it around. So it's hard because sometimes you want to meet these deadlines and meet these postings for clients because you don't want to let people down. But at the end of the day, if you find yourself getting frustrated or mad, then it's a matter of like writing those things down making notes of, of what it is that you feel are the pressure points and having that conversation with them. Because sometimes like what ended up happening in my situation where I was telling them, Hey, look, these, these renders are going to take extra long. And you know, it's like frustrating me. They were, their solution was like, don't be frustrated. We're going to like, we'll give you X amount of credits on a farm. We'll set you up for that. We'll pay you back for it. Don't worry about it. Like, and it alleviated a lot of my stress to kind of like have that element and it only happened because I voiced my concerns. And so, and these are things like you learn. So like your first time with them, you're not going to know all of those things. And you, you don't, you just basically need to like, if you're not great at like talking and communicating those things, cause we're not all great at it. I recommend just keeping a note, like, um, especially like what I do is I keep a notepad of like, um, 
I keep a, a notepad of just like what I did each day and like what my tasks were and like, um, like how long that took me or whatever. And then I can also have like tangible, like not evidence, but you know, data to represent my time and stuff. So I think it's about learning all these things, combining them and then moving forward. So the next time you talk to them, be like, Hey, look, you know, last time the projects kind of went a little, you know, it was hard for me to keep up and, you know, the amount of stuff I was doing. I just want to make sure the approval process gives me adequate time. If we go with the 3D direction that I have to do a lot of renders, you know, I need X amount of time to prep that stuff and get it done and, and move those next steps. So it's like mm -hmm. kind of prepping them to make sure that they know what they're asking of you is doable in the time that they're asking for it. And if it's not, just making sure that that's communicated. I mean, there's a lot of times where we get frustrated as artists about miscommunication. And sometimes it's from our part too, where we're not talking to them to let them know what is wrong. And sometimes we internalize a lot of this and think that it's evident, but it's not. So it's, it's a lot of learning those things. Yeah, in the end though, what you said, what happened on the very final day when it launched, even my client was like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't like, and, and then, like, I, cause I talked to my wife about this, obviously, cause it affects my household. And I, I did plan on basically saying, if, you know, on the next project, if there is a next project that they're not going to get finished anything from me until I know for a fact from the end user it's approved. They'll get, you know, they'll get animatics, they'll get full stills, full render stills and whatnot, but they're not getting a full rendered out, you know, project for me, because obviously what happened was, is they weren't, they, they saw what they liked. They didn't tell my my client that they liked it and then I kept working based on thinking that it was you know it needed improvements and whatnot so I just kind of make sure I got so I'm like okay did they approve this have you spoken to them and if not and also tell them like yeah I'm, I'm basically going to work maybe eight to ten hours a day and that's it you know and if it's going to be on you know eastern time then that's fine not a problem I can work around that schedule but no I I, I just I didn't know if like there was I mean besides the obvious like you said I got to have better communication I got to set better boundaries for myself which has always been a problem for me. I just kind of want to get as much done for the client as possible, you know, impress the client, make them happy, but at the same time, I'm human. Yeah, I would I would also say like, uh, if you're hoping to do some more projects with this studio, like schedule a post-mortem with them and just be like, hey, you know, super thankful to be on this job. And just from my end, this is, these are some things that could make the next job run smoother, you know, and kind of go through the notes just like james was saying um and augustine i see your hand up i'm just gonna say one more thing um but i was in a similar situation and i still am but like uh, in terms of you wanna you want to provide the best service you can for the client but at the same time it's really easy for that to just get blown out and then all of a sudden the project's off the rails timing rounds of revisions you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's funny like when i was in-house like the first few months i was there like i would get hit up for a revision and i'm like oh yeah i can change that title no problem like boop, 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 boop. all right ship it off and then my producer manager guy came over he's like dude you can't do that <laughs> i'm like why not it, it, it's a simple change he's like yeah but if you start making these changes and firing them back to them now you're setting that kind of precedence that you're going to um, give them revisions in five minutes, you know, like it's weird. I mean, it, obviously each project and each client is different, but if you're firing off revisions and taking care of changes like immediately, uh, and maybe this is a little bit different if you're client facing or whatnot, rather than a studio, I don't know. I think then they kind of expect like, all right, Damon, I know you've been working on this for three weeks. All this has changed now. You have one week to redo all of this. And we know you work fast because look at how much you've, you've done already. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like balancing like, yeah, I'm really good. And I'm going to go above and beyond and deliver beyond what you need. But then you're also saying like, oh shit, I can work super fast and I can make these changes for you whenever you need, but you know, so I think again, it's that kind of like office hours type thing. And especially if you're being hired for an eight to 10 hour day, not necessarily giving 12 to 14 because you want to in a way, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, I, I give you full props. If you're going above and beyond to deliver 
a superior product and maybe you need those extra hours to like really polish stuff off. Um, but you know, like if you're being hired for eight to 10, like, I don't know how many people would agree or disagree with me, but I wouldn't work 14 for that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so just something to consider. And I know Augustine has some stuff to say and you've got a bunch of experience too, but, um, yeah, hop on Augustine if you want and anyone else too, please. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, it starts for me, everything starts with a contract. Like, you need to have, like, a good contract with everything is stated in. Like, not only the timing, what's supposed to be delivered, but also, like, the consequences of, like, late feedback of or, like, completely project shifting or whatever, like, where it says, like, printed in black and white that, like, if the complete project shifts or this or that or there are extra requests, they're going to get invoiced, you know, like this has to be discussed and reevaluated and then you, then you have to pay for it. And I will uh, like definitely go with Mark here. It's like you're getting hired for like eight to 10 hours a day and where everyone is trying to run a business. So everybody is trying to make some profit on the work and everything. And you cannot get, you cannot burn yourself on the process because in the end, everybody loses, everyone loses, especially you, because you're, you're, you're establishing, like Mark said, like a standard that is, that's not the, it's not the business standard, you know, like it's, that's you giving more and more and more and more and more. And next time when they come back, they will ask the same thing, but that's not sustainable for you as a business, as a human being, as a family, it's going to totally wreck you. So what I tend to do is like, when I'm hired for a project, I first like concentrate myself in finishing what needs to be delivered you know what we agreed on and if i have time to then give like in the time i'm being paid i'm not saying that i'm going to put like 10 hours more it's not now because i can work fast but then if i have some free time on the time i'm being paid then i give the extra children you know like the extra details and stuff that make it like go an extra step but this is a double-edged sword because sometimes when you try to give the little detail on the top to make it shine that makes the client your client or the end client think or question himself about things he didn't and then that ripples through a lot of other th things like oh and why, why why i mean we could try this and then we could we could go there it's like and all that ripple effect is on you sadly because if you hadn't done that you deliver you ship it okay, that's what we paid for, fine, thank you, goodbye, see you next time. Uh, but here, like the chain consequences that this can provoke, especially when there's an agency in the middle, because when you're in direct contact with the client, you know what you're getting through di directly. When you have an agency in the middle, you get, the f you get filtered by like three, four people before getting to the client and the other way around too. So I don't know, man, it's like, and like everybody said, like communication is like, like I said, start with a good contract where everything is like down to the detail, like written down, like what you're expected to deliver, what's the timing. And if things start to shift, it's like just, you have to write an email saying like, hey, look, this is the contract. This was what's agreed on. This was the timing. And this is moving away from it. It's like, what do we do? We go back on track or do we reevaluate the budget? You know, and since it's on the contract, there's no like emotional thing into it. And honestly, when a client tries to get emotional about it with you, that's for me, it's a big red flag because they trying to like scheme around what you agreed on. It's like, yeah, you know, we're on this together. Nah, fuck it, man. It's like, we're all working and making a living here. Mm. So that, that, and even, I mean, I don't know if you work alone, but I mean, a lot of people I know that work in tandem, what they do is like, depending on the client, one handles like the creative approach and the other, all the financial part. So that takes off the weight of one or the other uh, when they have to, to talk about money, you know, about the fact, the fact that this is going out of hand or that they're getting too much revisions and stuff. So try to find a mechanism to protect yourself and st stick to the job first. You know, it's, it's like, I, I praise you for trying to do more. It's really good, but in the end, it's going to play against you. And in the beginning, I was just like you. And like Mark said, I somebody at some point somebody told me like, 
dude, you have to stop doing that because it's going to kill you. And that's what's happening to you now. So, but I mean, good contract, like, and it, honestly, the contract, if you give the contract and clients start saying like, whoa, what is this contract? Like, that's also a red flag, you know, because contracts are here to protect both sides. Uh, it protects you so the client doesn't go bazooka and it protects the client because it ensures that you have to deliver something. Every time a client tried to discuss about the contract saying that it was too long or too intricate, it was like, a hell, like for myself, it was like, okay, you know what, if it doesn't, doesn't work for you, that's not a problem, you can go work with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if you get a timing that's too nuts, you can say no. Like, honestly, I mean, I don't know you, but I have, I have a kid, I have a wife. I cannot like afford anymore, uh, like humanly, I mean, in a human way, working from seven in the morning till three in the morning and not seeing my wife, my family, and that's not possible anymore. So just say no, I mean, you can say no, you know, just like, sorry guys, for me, the deadline is not like realistic. I cannot handle this alone. I, we should be three people for to, to pull it off. Do you have the budget for three people? No, well, sorry. I don't know. Um, awesome. Thank <laughs> Yeah, some good points being made here. I don't know. I, I think too, um, Damon, you know, working with a studio I think it's somewhat tricky too, because like if you're being hired from a studio and they're like, it's kind of shitty, but like if they come at you with last minute changes and stuff, that's just like, unfortunately kind of part of it. Right. Like, and I think, I think what might have happened in this scenario is that you fucking went hard, like right off the bat and like put in some great hours and produced some amazing work and they weren't really ready for that. So when their gears and everything started getting ready to, you know, rev up, you were already kind of past that point of like that honeymoon phase of the, of the project in a way, you know? Um, but well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I everything started that. like normal. They sent me a mood, they contacted me, they sent me a mood board, which included my own artwork. Like literally two of the looks they wanted was from my art. That's why they hit me up. Like, Hey, we sent the client this, they, they liked it. We figured we'd hit you up. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. Simple enough. I can just take pretty much that art and modify it for them. I, and that's the thing. It wasn't a day rate. It was a fixed budget. And when they told me what okay. the budget was, I'm like, well, if I'm just using already made files, cool. I can get this done real quick. No big deal. <clears throat> Cause I know I don't typically take fixed when, I, when I'm offered a fixed rate, I calculate if I think I can get it done within what my, within around what my day rate is. You know what I mean? And I felt that because again, the work was already done. They pretty much were just like, yeah, I mean, if you want to take the files that we, we already sent them and kind of use those, I'm like, all right, cool. And that was why I thought everything was fine. It wasn't until, like I said, I did that. And then it was like halfway in, they're like, oh, well, the client doesn't want to use this. They don't want to use that. They don't want to use this. I'm like, all right. And they did, they narrowed it down. They're like, well, they like this look and they like this look. I'm like, all right, cool. Focus on it. But then mm -hmm. apparently, like I said, it, it was just, it just it, it just went sideways very quickly and then at the very end it was a it was a it was a very like okay cool well they want this let me get this you know quickly done for them um and i did and like i said and eventually it just i was like what happened even my client was like they didn't even they didn't even, they didn't see that coming either yeah they had no idea but like i said it was a really serious lack of communication on all parts there was two parties at the end and my guys weren't really i think my guys also had the same problem they weren't going to the client going hey we need answers we need answers we've got a guy working yeah. and stuff yeah, so they didn't get back to me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think too, that's the blessing and the curse of the flat bid project, right? Like you knock it out in a day, you're like, fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> you right? Yeah. Like my profit on this job is huge. But then shit goes sideways and now you're underwater on it, you know, or like whatever it is, if however you calculate your rate and budgets. But like, um, yeah, I, I would honestly take this as a learning experience and now you know what you know uh you didn't know that really before and you know i would say do the post-mortem and then you know moving forward too like if you know this is or i should say could be a pain point in the future schedule a regular weekly call and or like by you know every two days pinging and checking in with the producer and like hey this is 
where I'm going with it. And like, yeah, if they're, if they're dropping the ball and the communication back to you, like, then maybe you don't want to work for them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think once you, the more levels you add into this, the feedback loop gets longer and longer and longer. Right. Yeah. So I would just take that now, that information that now, you know, and factor that into your projects, you know, um, I think the only because if they go, they go smoothly, then you fuck your site. Right. And then all good, but you want to have these measures in place where, yeah, if the shit starts going sideways, how do we like reel this thing back in? And honestly, I'm going through the same thing. Like I alluded to earlier and like, it's hard to reel it back in once you kind of like step back and you're like, Oh shit, this project's way off the rails right now. You know? Um, yeah. I think part of it, it was also, this, this was literally my first job since January. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. Finally going to make some money, you know, cause I mean, my wife's been off work the whole time. I haven't been getting any projects. So it's like, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Finally, something's starting to come back in. You know, I was excited. I mean, like I said, I, I, I definitely know what I did wrong, especially the clarifications you guys have helped me figure out. I, I definitely, I know the parts I did wrong. So, I mean, I definitely appreciate the feedback. Uh, it's just still kind of like, it just ended last Thursday. So it's still even like, wow, crazy. Well, at so. least it ended. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, and for me, I think it was because I think I was more upset because what they ended up using, it's not something I feel I would put in my reel because it wasn't a finished product. It was a test scene to give them a general idea of what I was going for, for a look mm -hmm. and what they used. I even told my guys, I'm like, you, if you watch that, see all the, like, those are, that's just, that's not what you want to put out as a professional, as mm -hmm. somebody who, who seen the end product that you created for them to use then they use like this horrible yeah. thing. So it was like, it was even a personal thing where I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. That's just, well, that's where you oh. make either a director's cut or like a, your own little reel for the project or whatever, you I'm know, and like <laughs> if it was going to be a portfolio piece for you, like, unfortunately maybe this one was a swing and a miss and you, you're just not going to publish it. But on the flip side, look at the other skills you've kind of learned out of that, like in terms of project management and all that. So like, it wasn't a wash and you, you didn't no. lose per se, but yeah, you know, sometimes there's certain pieces that you think are going to be like leading off your new reel. And then it just, it just kind of flounders out, you know? Yeah. Um, but oh, cool. yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate everybody's feedback. I really do. Um, as usual in here, everybody's great. So I really do got to knuckle down. I, got, I do got to get a better contract. I got to make sure no matter what every single job I do, there is a contract from me, no matter what. And I have to make, I have to go through and make sure that each one of these things I've gone through over the last couple of years being freelance are addressed. You know, if it's not a day rate to fix budget, that's fine. But within these parameters, like if you don't fit these parameters, you have to, you know, recalculate the budget. And if that doesn't work for you, then we shouldn't work together kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> most contracts that probably many of us here and those listening would use is anything that like something that could easily break the contract is the job goes way off the timeline that was originally proposed okay so like now you start thinking about a separate scope of work or whatnot that now you're like beyond that original scope and like i keep saying it but i'm learning the hard way now too you know so like it everyone goes through this and like i i'm in a way glad i'm going through it because i'm not going to make this mistake again you know so um yeah anyway well hey thanks for suggesting this topic i think it's i think it's really good and interesting to hear how people kind of deal with it and like even if you just needed to hear other people telling you kind of what you already knew <laughs> yeah but um mm -hmm. but yeah like thanks for bringing it up and i think it, it's going to be useful for a lot of people that have been listening to this um thanks so yeah on. thanks I, I will i would just add that you know like i was i just put it in the in the chat like I don't know if you know your client really well, but I mean, unless you know them really well for years and they're friends kind of, everything that an agency or studio tells me, I put it into brackets and I just like, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I don't trust them, but I just, just put it into brackets because they have also their mismanagement. They're also like sometimes pulling the rope to get more like more profit for something. So, I mean, What's happening to you is something we, like Mark said, we all go through because 
the kind of the industry in, in every industry it works like that you know it's like you you're fresh you're young you arrive you're an experience and you want to give everything and they abuse from that like either the end client either the middle client no matter what so like i said in the end is there's you don't have to have emotions about it you know it's work it's money and either we agree either we disagree and then we can agree to disagree and that's fine but like don't get your emotions get involved into this because then they will fuck around with you every time so just like keep like cold headed and like Liam said like if there's a problem you take a phone you make a call it's like hey this is not working out because of this 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 be friendly don't be a dick if you have a dick on the other side well you know what what to expect and and although and then send an email like recapping everything and then you should be golden because then you have a trace of everything and in, and in, if at some point you have to break you have to bring a, a breach of contract like like stopping the contract because it's getting way crazy you can say look I've been sending you these all these emails. We had all these calls. We agreed on all this, and now we're here. So we're, we're we, you're out of the scope. You don't want to pay. So sorry, bye. <laughs> it's like pay me what I've worked until now, and then see ya. You know, there's there's it's not it's not. I mean, everybody's scared in the beginning to to do that kind of stuff, but it, honestly, it also shows. I mean, it imposes respect from the client. It doesn't mean that you're doing everything for them. I mean, we're equal, you know, it's like, it's not because I'm doing a job for you that you can come randomly or at any time asking for crazy shit. It doesn't work like that. I'm not working for you. Yeah, for this work, but that's it. Yeah, like of the people and freelancers that I've hired over the years, like I've never been like, stop emailing me and giving me updates, you know, like, oh, like never, right? If you're over communicating and like you're filling my inbox and pinging me all the time on Slack, I'll let you know, but I'd much rather have you giving me updates and then, then just going silent. Right. And like, um, and even if you've sent an email and you haven't heard back the next day, like send a follow-up and all that. And maybe you were doing that, but like, um, I don't think over communication is a bad thing, especially if you're a remote freelancer for a studio, like, I always want people to be in communication with me if we're working on stuff together, you know? I mean, I, I emailed them daily. I, I mean, whenever I got something done or I, I got to a milestone that they needed to see, you know, a revision or feedback, I, I daily, but I think, I, and also I think what I learned most from this is that it's not a matter of correct cor uh, course correcting, it's a matter of not getting the, to the point you need to. Because they're really at this point, obviously there's no way that I personally as the, the subcontractor can really force anybody to do anything. I just have mm -hmm. to make sure from here on out, I don't get into these situations or like they're saying, like, and big, I'm still, I've been doing this a couple of years, but I'm still really new at how to do the actual business side of it. I have to get an ironclad contract that states from day one, like if these guidelines aren't followed, we can't, we, we don't have a job to work together on. And I need to be, you know, and so they're saying, so you get to know a client well enough that you don't, that they know how you work and you establish that with them. And so, I mean, so yeah, basically just don't get into the situation again, if, if possible. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, well, well, we're also artists and I think we're always going to want to contribute more than we should. And like I said in the chat a while back, but yeah. it's like, sometimes you just, I mean, you really want to troubleshoot something and you spend a, like an extra two or four hours after you're done with your booking just to figure it out. And sometimes mm -hmm. that that's fine and all, but you just have to, remember no one's going to cover you for that if you're doing it kind of on your own and just don't hold it against anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, well, to pivot here a little bit, uh, I saw Alexa, you had proposed, a, you had a question in the, uh, in the chat there um, that I don't know if you wanna hop on and just chat a little bit about um, your question. Um, yep. Okay. Unmuted. Yeah, I guess it's more of a warning to people because I got contacted by this guy who his name is James Gilbert and he wrote that he's hosting a conference for freelancers and he'd like me to talk there. And like there was some kind of dodgy stuff like he wrote these things. Oh, you just got muted again. Here, I'm trying to share a, um, 
Where is it? There you go. Okay, can you see my email? Yep. Okay, so basically this guy emailed me and he said that he's inviting me for a conference. And then he wrote, like I asked him some stuff about, uh, you know, what the topics are and he kind of, and I asked him how he found me and he said, oh, we found you on a, on a successful freelancer's website or something. And I was like, yeah, okay. But then he started writing me emails like, um, where is it? Uh, um, where it's like, can we proceed? Yeah, this one. I'm wondering if you see my previous email. Are you willing to continue with this offer? And he started sounding a bit salesy because he want, they wanted, basically they wanted my address so they can send me like two monitors, a webcam and some software. And basically the last email that I just got from him now is talking, he says he can only pay with check. And I basically his domain is uh, crown, crowncastlelogistics.com. If you go there to redirect to crowncastle.com, like without the logistics, and Crown Castle has been around for like six years or something, but Crown Castle Logistics was just this registered in December and in Panama. So, you know, um, I'm guessing it's a scam. I don't really know how to, you know, <laughs> reel him along and find out what he's actually like. I'm guessing it's going to be like, we sent you the stuff, but it's stuck at customs. Please Western Union us like a hundred dollars or something. Hmm. Um, but it's like the longest I had a conversation with someone who, you know, turned out to be a, I mean, it still might be legit. Like I've emailed the people at the actual company to see if this is legit. Because I mean, 800 bucks for two hours talking online, I, I would take that. <laughs> but yeah, it's starting to get really dodgy. So um, yeah, I thought if yeah, anyone else decided, they should you know, double check when the domain name is registered and et cetera. You should probably act instead of like a webcam that you need like um, a new red camera and, uh, you know, <laughs> just really up your game, your production value for this yeah. great conference. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that, it's, it seems sketchy. And I, but I, I don't know. You've obviously researched a little bit, but I have noticed on the Slack over the last few days that mm -hmm. there have been some people posting about, phishing scams and click here to renew your subscription but it was actually like a phishing thing like so i don't know i mean i i'm no tech expert yeah. at all but like, this one got pretty specific to you know what i do and i'm like you know so yeah i'm gonna take a play a page out of our playbook that we just talked about and say could you hop on a call with him oh i i did and he said he prefers to talk to their email ah yeah i just literally um yeah, here, I just said, I hear this one, if he can get on a video call, because I wanted to check, and he says, I prefer communicating by email, and I'm very busy with a large workload. And again, I want to know if we can proceed, just sounds very non-native speaker, and, yeah, and the company's American. AI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, there's, there's this channel called Pleasant Green, it's about this guy who basically interacts with scammers and tries to hire them to do actual, you know, useful work. And his emails, like with the ones he gets kind of have a lot of this kind of, it's like this correct English, which is taught only if you learned English, like outside of an English speaking country. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so anyway. are you suggesting that we all email this person about how various <laughs> yeah. conferences and if we can all be yeah. presenters? Yeah, maybe you're, you're all wondering, yeah, maybe we can just all give them emails and see what happens. <laughs> how much free gear can the Monday meeting crew get? Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope it's I hope it's real for your sake, so you can. Well, I can't accept a business check anyway, so that doesn't really matter because you know I don't have any facilities to accept checks. You know, it's yeah, it's not a thing in Europe mostly. So well, I'm, I'm gonna just uh, read you kind of what the chat is saying. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> and they're all it. saying, "Run! It's a scam! Run! <laughs> run!" Uh, yeah, my yeah. uncle only needs $4,800 to get out of jail. <laughs> okay. Uh, but on, I mean. Yeah, now, now I'm back in the chat. I wasn't reading it because I was screen sharing it, closed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It, that's a tough call. I mean, I would say if they're not willing to get on a video conference with you for a yeah. video conference conference, then that's yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. A bit red flaggy. I'm just curious what they're actually going to do. Like, I, I mean, most of these scams are just like, yeah, it's stuck at customs, please, Western Union, mm -hmm. the money. And yeah. You know, actually, this does bring up a, a question that I've been meaning to ask the group for a while. Um, 
with all the online conferences and online presentations and stuff, I would love to kind of hear people's thoughts on like what they think about it. I, I'll give you my two cents really quick is that like, I think they're good. I think it's great. It's getting more information out to people who can't necessarily travel. Um, great. But now it's almost, it almost seems like the bar of entry to do a virtual conference is so low that like there's so many streams now and there's so much stuff. So I don't know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And I see Liam, you got your hand up. Yes. I'm two-sided <laughs> like you. I think it's great that the information's out there and like it's all been free for the most part, especially Adobe, what was it, Adobe Max or Adobe World or whatever, where that usually is pretty costly to go to and they made it all free this year. Mm-hmm. But fuck, is it a ton? There's so much. And like, I don't know how many times I wrote to Maxon annoying them with how annoyed I was getting their emails, getting like six a day. Mm-hmm. for their 3d tour now the 3d tour is over but they're doing other stuff and i'm getting like four emails a day about that is what it's like between maxon and adobe and all these places having online conferences i'd say like i i probably have 20 emails a day about events and it's just too much <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's where i'm at like i'm glad it's out there for people that want the resource but i think people went too far and they overcorrected because of how this year has turned out. Yeah. Dave, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, cause it's fairly new uh, in, in the context of like the pandemic and all that stuff. So everyone's trying to, it's, it's like a new thing. Everyone's trying to feel out. And I don't, I don't know if uh, Adobe is going to offer the same thing next year. They'll probably just use that as a, as a way to get people exposed to what could be next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will be really pissed if they spent, you know, a thousand dollars to go to a virtual conference and it sucked. Right. So I think it was, it, everyone's just kind of testing things out, but it's like everything else. It's like YouTube. You're not going to watch everything on YouTube. So you got to choose what you watch or whatever, wow. whatever platforms you're going to have to choose and pick and not get sucked into this FOMO thing where, Oh, I didn't get to go to this conference. I'm going to miss out. I'm going to get behind in, you know, in this industry, everyone's going to know more than I do because I didn't mm-hmm. go to this one thing. I think you, you know, the selection is there, but we're not paying with money, but we're paying with our time, right? We're paying with mm-hmm. our attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it's, I think it's great that it's available, but now the onus is on us to decide what are we going to do with it. And, and, and I think some people get caught up, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a sucker for, for just like, getting as much knowledge and sucking as much stuff as I can get, especially if it's free, mm-hmm. but at what expense? And it's at the, at the expense of my time. So uh, I, I know I have to be really vigilant about like what I consume or what I, even if it's free and it's from a you know well-known brand or whatever, um, yeah. just, just cause of the time, like we only have yeah. 24 hours in a day. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think too, like from my perspective, like the, these conferences, you know, since they only happened, you know, twice a year, maybe once a year, you know, certain, you know, obviously Max is once a year, NAB, they've got East and West, but it just seems to me that like, I don't know a better way to say it, but like some of the content's just gotten diluted because there's so much of it now, like, like at NAB and stuff, it used to be like, oh, these are like really well thought out hour long presentations which they're still doing, but like, to me, those presentations kind of just held a little bit more weight because like next week there wasn't five more, you know? Um, And so to me, it just seems like the more of these high level presentations, it's almost diluting the content a little bit because there's so much of it. Whereas like, you know, certain presentations I've seen like three or four times from years past because like, they're so chock full of like good knowledge. And I'm not saying that certain things are not chock full of good knowledge now, but like, I don't know. I just think that, you know, um, you know, it's kind of the supply and demand type thing, you know? Um, uh, let's see, Augustine, you got your hand up. Yeah, I was saying that uh, for me, that has become so overwhelming, like the amount of content 
and instead of like instead of consuming it i'm like retreating from it like more and more because the volume is so dense that i mean it's overwhelming and in the end you cannot digest anything you don't get anything from me i mean that's i mean at least what happens for me so what i've been doing is i've been curating stuff on pat patreons and stuff that really interest me like i'm trying to to pick topics that i really wanted and i 100 agree with you uh mark with the fact that i remember what nab happened like you had like i used to follow like the maxim booth of course of course but then also the the from the one from autodesk for flame because you had these kind of like flame presentations where you see some like crazy online compositing and super interesting stuff and now it's like a raw volume of people all trying to scream louder than the others to get your attention and it's like stuff coming out every day and it's like like i said i had to shut it down because mm -hmm. otherwise i'm all the time i think oh i want to learn this oh i want to watch this and in the end i don't do anything because i'm paralyzed by the amount of stuff and i don't know what to pick so i'm like unsubscribe 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 like mm -hmm. bye and if i need to know something i will search it but mm -hmm. it's just it's just nuts, nuts. And it's just like, and also like um, quality, quality, I think quality content is getting rare to find. There, it's, it is out there, but it's getting hard to find among all the other things that, uh, that are like, we're flooded that are like, honestly not good. We were discussing about lighting course uh, uh, with Liam the other day. I'm just waiting for the one from School of Motion to see what it, I mean, if it's good or not. Mm -hmm. um, somebody was asking on Slack uh, the other day about the Fusion course uh, by 50. And I bought it because there's really not much about Fusion out, out in, in the wild. And I was like, for example, really disappointed. Like the course is like super, super, super basic. It was explaining like Fusion like to a toddler in node compositing. And I was like, fuck, I paid this a hundred bucks. Um, I'm not saying that's a lot of money, but I mean, I could have invested that in something way more useful, you know? So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I see Andy, you've got your hand up and then James. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to echo what uh, Augustine was saying. It's for me, like when all the conferences were um, coming out at the beginning, I'd be like, Oh great. I can watch so much stuff, get so much, look at all these great, presenters and presentations and I was like watching everything and then I'd say within like uh two to three months I was just completely burnt out on it and it was it was just overload and I'm at the point right now where I just don't really watch much of anything at this point which is unfortunate because I'm I love learning I love I, I could sit down and watch uh, different tutorials or breakdowns and I, I usually absorb so much but I'm literally just so burnt out it seems like uh, like you're saying all these things are just like trying to fight for your attention and it's like mm -hmm. every week there's something new every every week every week and oftentimes it's a lot of the same presenters mm -hmm. and uh, I'm just kind of like unplugged now it's um, it's yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah, it's only it's almost like a full time job just trying to keep up with all the yeah. announcements and trainings and yeah, I mean it's fucking crazy. It, I should say this: it's fucking awesome. Like it's it's definitely nothing that we should be shitting on. That there's so much new teachings and lessons and stuff being shared. You know, that's fucking great. But yeah, it, it is almost too much and your brain can't comprehend all that. Like yep. even, I bet you were watching presentations and then like a day later you forgot <laughs> what one of those presentations was because it was like in one ear out the other. Yeah, definitely. It was like after, the, I'd say like, I still remember stuff from the first three, like kind of presentations, like big presentations that I that I really connected with. Like I remember every a lot from that. I take away a lot from that. And then I'd say like the next, 12 to 15 I watched over the next however many weeks it was uh, they're all just like a blur at this point <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> James go ahead and then uh, oh, yeah. we'll go to Julie yeah. after I was gonna say two things one is like yeah I think that's all about like filtering yourself out like I normally don't uh like watch those when they're live anyways I usually kind of like cherry pick like oh this person was talking about fields i'm going to watch that and this person was talking about 
whatever. I want to watch that. It's usually how I try to absorb information, but I'll also one up it with a, with as many conferences and stuff there are now as I feel like there's also a bunch of live streams too, where everyone's doing kind of Twitch like walkthroughs yeah. and all of that. So I feel like that's something that is like, there's also an extra absorbent amount of information out there because there's just so much like, and it, it's not that it's like, it's mixed quality too, because there's a lot of really good artists who are sharing a lot of really great process, but there's so mm-hmm. much of it. It's like hard to kind of like pick and choose, but like, how do, how does everyone feel about like that side of things too? Like Twitch streams and like creative, like uh, MoGraph stuff and like YouTube streams are people watching any of that or no? I've only mm. watched a handful of them. I was going to say I've watched more as the year has gone on. Cause it seems like people have kind of found their stride with them um, mm-hmm. and they've gotten a lot better as the year has gone on, especially for like really niche stuff that I've been getting into on like certain discords of like certain artists that are streaming that I've never heard of anywhere else. And then I'll see it like pop up on discord. And I'm like, Oh, I'll check this out. And I'll see it. And I'm like, Oh man, this guy's amazing. Or this girl's amazing. And I've never heard their name anywhere in the industry. Mm-hmm. And they're doing cool stuff with like, um, marvelous designer or like like stuff like that that just doesn't get focused on a lot in our industry so um yeah i'm kind of hopping in there a bit and i think what makes those streams a bit different too is is the fact that like you watch someone work you know and you kind of see how they tackle problems and fuck how they lay out their nodes i you know (laughs) however you want to go but like to me that's a lot more interesting to see than like someone giving kind of a presentation about a project that they did in the past and they might show you one one technique per se but like it's interesting to watch people go through those like problems and kind of have those aha moments and you know i i I think that is truly like the creative process you're seeing it happen live time and being able to see that of all these artists across the world is pretty special i think that's really cool Go ahead, Julie. I know you had your hand up at one. Oh point. yeah, I did a while ago. Um, I was gonna say like uh, I was gonna comment on like the FOMO and stuff. So yeah. So it's funny how we've morphed from like a, a smaller industry to like a like medium sized industry, but but like um, it's like we we um, we still have the same sense of community. So there's still there's this like weird mixing of like oh I should go to these events to support you know the community. But also, some of these, a lot of these events are like for profit now. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. things from Adobe and stuff is more like to make money, right? Um, I'll say Campograph is not like that. That's more just to cover the cost of it, you know. So it's like there's different different things. However, um, it's weird if like so like we talk about Campograph because like we want people to come because like we'd get the benefits of it. Um, you know, there's that sort of thing. Like, hey, come to this for the community. But like that sort of thing can sort of be used to promote like um, um, like the for-profit events too. And it's like, it's kind of hard to know like where things are with mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And not just for the attendees, but I'm thinking for like um, the speakers. Cause like, you know, I think most of us are like, yeah, I'll go to this event and I'll, I'll speak for no speaking fee, right? For most events. Um, and like for certain, some things I would say like, yeah, it's totally appropriate. We can't move back or whatever. But then there's other ones where it's like, I don't know, like, are they like, you know, like, and usually those places would cover like travel and everything, but now there's, there's no travel. It's all just online. Is, is anyone even like making speaker fees or anything? Hmm. So there's like this weird mix, I think there, where it's like um, maybe companies or groups that like are for profit are kind of benefiting from the camaraderie of the community and trying to bank on that. And it's cause it's just like, that's, oh, that's the other thing I was gonna say about our, with our industry growing, there's a number of, there's a whole new segment of a career path that leads to being an educator for money. So hmm. yeah, I'm not sure my main point a, there, but I just- It's a great think, point, actually. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah. So I'm I mean, just like, it seems to be careful of like you yourself feeling like, oh, I should go to that. Well, why should you go to that? And like, like you can choose whether or not to go to that, but you shouldn't necessarily feel the pressure to go to something that costs money. You know, I mean, if one of your friends is presenting or something, that's a total, you know, But yeah, it's like up until now, the thought has been like, well, if I want to be part of the industry, part of the community, I have to go to all these things. 
because I have to be in the know. I have to know. But yeah, there's that's not the case anymore. It's like you just go to the ones that work for you mm-hmm. and the ones where maybe your closer friends are at. Um, but you shouldn't feel the pressure to go everywhere. And mm-hmm. I would say like people just getting started, like new people on the different Slack channels or whatever, they probably feel that pressure a lot. I'm like, oh, everyone's talking about this event. So, I mean, it's also like being, not having any, like not being feeling, trying to make things feel less exclusive. Like when we're out there talking and stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can say like, oh, if you, if you, you know, want to come to this, but it's just like weird. It's like, it can be a little FOMO inducing where everyone's like bragging about it. I went to this thing and, you know. So there's a whole lot, a whole lot out there. But, yeah. No, I, I you, but yeah, the really main point, point is, our main point is, yeah, obviously like you are in control of your time and just, mm-hmm. just, you know, pick and choose what benefits you the most. And that's it. That's my, that's my TED talk today. Uh, Gustin, if you want to hop in one more time here, I think yeah, we'll start really wrapping short, it up. Really, really short. I just wanted to ripple on what Julie said is that for me, what's like kind of like, uh, it's like a diabolical loop. It's because, I mean, you need to hang out or be in that those circles to get known and then to get recognition and so you get work. And at the same time, you get burned out because there's so much and then you don't know what to attend. And it's like a never ending cycle. So mm-hmm. you have to be there, but you don't want to be there. And, and, and it ends up being madness because then which one you pick, uh, where do you go? Uh, I mean, we have a great, we have a really good community here in MoGraph, but is it the right one for me? Should I go to another one? I mean, there's a zillion ones. It's like, what do you do? It's just completely overwhelming. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. Meme of the week, meme of the week, meme of the week. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to wrap it up here too. Uh, quickly, um, Penny put something in the chat earlier, which I thought was a good point. Um, well, two, one that, even though that there's so many new streams and a lot of presentations and stuff, it's still very much swayed to white males. And I think now more than ever should have, you know, there should be more diverse people, just a diverse group of people uh, presenting. And I think anyone listening to that, please make it happen because it's important. Um, And I think another point you made too, Penny was, um, rather than just saying, hey, we're going to do all these presentations, it'd be really cool to kind of curate them of like, this present, this week's going to be all about compositing or whatever it is where you can kind of, it might help you selectively choose what you're going to show up for. And maybe nothing that week interests you or, or whatnot, but it, it might be interesting to, you know, if it's all character rigging stuff one week from Maxon or whatever, like, that might be a way to kind of mix it up. You have the ability to do that now and not have to lump everything under one presentation or one conference umbrella, essentially. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a really good suggestion. So hopefully anyone listening to that could take action with it as well. And without further ado, George is here. Would you be so kind with the meme of the week? Uh, My name is George No Meme Hargreaves. This is the week the memes died, my friends. There is no meme. No, you do have a meme. I searched high and low, but there's nothing good. Sorry. Santa Claus (laughs) isn't real. Too fairy neither. So, sorry. You literally posted one this morning. Yeah. Or it was a good one. It was your best one. It wasn't great. Just share it. Come on. Oh, okay. I love what fires up this community. The no <laughs> meme weeks, you know, everyone just gets mad. <laughs> All right. All right, George, for the, the people who are, are just listening to the audio, George has a very focused look in his face right now. He's, he's moving. We're seeing some work in progress. Friend DA. <laughs> Uh, meme of the week, meme of the week, there we go. Meme of the week, 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 meme of the week. I made this earlier today. This is, uh, I don't know if you come across this, but for the transition from Red Giant going to Maxon, 
every time you click a button, uh, Red Giant asks you for their login details. It's infuriating every new project, every time you close and reopen, every time you breathe. So this is Red Giant asking for login details. They're the dinosaurs, which should have feathers, by the way. Shocking that they didn't include that in the most recent movies. And their little boy is me hiding behind the kitchen uh, work surface, trying to work, just not entering in these login details. And you know what I should have done? I should have put a big red X because that's how it shows that you're not <laughs> logged in. I should have done that. Hindsight is a fine thing. Well, the chat is blowing up right now with all fives. We have one 4.8. We have a six out of five. So <laughs> that is going to offset that 4.8. But I think you've done it. I think this could be it. What a pick-me-up. I've gone from being in quite a bad mood to a joyful mood. Wow. I think that's a joyful thing of memes and community. Slow clap for George. <laughs> All right. I have to say, if you if you added in the red X, that would make it a five yeah. for me. You should probably just do that and post it and tag MoGraph memes and get yeah. internet famous for 24 hours. You know, the sounded like the art teachers at, at our school, like, yeah, I wouldn't put you a five because otherwise, where will be your motivation? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that was that was a good meme. Thank you, George. As always, uh, you can find us on all the social medias. Just start typing in Monday meeting and we'll pop up. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, feedback, suggestions, topics, guests, to go orders, DoorDash orders, I no, I don't know. Uh, feel free to send them to us. Uh, we're always interested to know what the community thinks, wants to talk about, et cetera, et cetera. Um, thanks, Damon, for coming on and suggesting that topic. And, um, and Alexi, who's off now for um, bringing up the event stuff. But um, yeah, next week is the week of Christmas. I think we'll probably do a meeting and then maybe take the next week off in between the, the holiday. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I think we're, we we're, we're making decisions on the fly right now. This is how we roll. I think we should do Monday, even if there aren't a lot of people here. Okay, we'll do we'll do next Monday, December twenty first. I will yeah. be around. But then why don't we take like the next two weeks off? Yeah. Okay. So next week will be our last episode until twenty twenty one. Thank God. Um, and. Yeah, we'll take the 28th and the 4th off, and then we'll round back after all the holiday spirit dies down. We're emerging from our dark caves. Um, I don't know what I'm fucking saying. If, Sorry. If you're not um, keeping track as an American, there's only five weeks left of this shit. That's all. Oh, yes. No, not <laughs> like, I don't know if there's five weeks left of 2020, Liam, but uh, I'll go with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and for anyone listening or in the meeting today, if you want to resell any of your Beeple pieces for, you know, uh, the original market price, feel free to message anyone around here. Okay, cool. So thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye.